0: Father, we just come to you, Lord. We just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We look to you, the author, the finisher of our faith. Even tonight, Father, I pray you speak to us. Speak to our inner man. By the Spirit, we put to death works of the flesh. That the spirit man can hear what our Father has to tell us. One thing, maybe just one thing for somebody. Let it be so, Lord, release this word into thy hands. Give us hearing ears. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So everything begins in our life with faith. Because faith is the connecting point. Remember, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And God has put one medium. Foolishness of preaching. People will think preaching is foolish. So, Moses was foolish. Elijah was foolish. Elisha was foolish. And of course, Jesus was very foolish because he preached nonstop for days. Paul was foolish. All the apostles were foolish. But God used the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise and save the simple who heard. So preaching is the only way God has. And of course, reading comes after that. Hearing comes first and then reading. The key is that we need to hear. And scripture says we are saved by grace through faith. Then if you go to Galatians 2.19 onwards, the perfection of faith is this. I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in flesh, I live by faith. Okay, now it's the same faith. She began in his life on the road to Damascus. Faith comes from? Here, he was saved by grace through faith and now grace has grown, 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 grown and taken over Saul. There is no Saul left. That life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved him and gave himself for me. This is what it is talking about, the perfection of our faith. Okay, a day and hour shall come when God We are cooperative to the Word of God and the Spirit of God when we can, one day at a time, really, really, truly live by faith. So, that is there. But, remember, it all begins by God declaring us just. In the old covenant, the entire struggle of man was to be declared some point in life by obeying the law as just nobody was declared just under the law. In the new covenant, we begin where the law ends. We are declared just by faith. If you look at where the just shall live by faith, there's one little difference wherein it is first mentioned in the old covenant, in Habakkuk 2.4. Three times in the new covenant, God repeats, the just shall live by faith, the just shall live by faith, the just shall live by faith. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. His faith. This is not a faith that comes from hearing. This is his faith. A faith that comes from the law. Nowhere does in the New Covenant God say the just shall live by his faith. Okay. The New Covenant scripture says the just shall live by faith. And that faith is from God. That faith comes from God by hearing. Okay, hearing. So we begin where the law ended, and now by faith we'll look. in the old covenant, remember they were given the law and in the New covenant. Do you know, Jesus left no writings behind? What a tragedy, right? <laughs> he left nothing behind. Moses at least gave them the law, and it was repeated, repeated, written down, passed down from father to son and all this stuff. Jesus left nothing. He left them nothing. What a covenant, right? In the New Covenant, He gave us nothing. He gave us a person. The difference between the Old and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant, He gave them the law. The New Covenant, He gave us the Holy Spirit. That is the key. Without the Holy Spirit, dead letter that kills. Please, never ever try anything, any day, any time of the day, even to, to repent, They <laughs> thought the Holy Spirit simply won't work. because so There was repentance in the Old Covenant too. And the greatest repenter in the Old Covenant was John the Baptist. But he also failed. So every time they came and they asked John the Baptist, what shall we do? And he said, do, 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 do. Look at the difference in the New Covenant when the church begins in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. What shall we do? The people asked. And what did they say? 2.38. Peter said to them, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And he said, go and do this. He said, no. You will receive something. You will receive. And he will take you through. That was nothing there in the Old Testament. Repent, and you will know. And do, do, do. What do you do? What the law said. New covenant, this is the key. That's the message of the new covenant. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you look in Jesus' entire teaching, Why he did not leave so many writings or nothing. He didn't write anything. Only time he wrote was he put his head down and wrote on the ground. And we don't even know what he wrote. He never left anything behind. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, told his disciples, he will bring to your remembrance. And they all wrote it down. And I have so much to say. You won't understand. He will teach you all things. Remember, that's the same Spirit given to every child of God. And this is the key. It is not the pastor who teaches in the New Covenant. It is the Holy Spirit. That is what it means in 1 John 2.27. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. You do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. It is not saying the pastor doesn't teach or should not teach. It's not saying that. That's why in the church, you will see some people can hear the same message and just go untouched, or go with their cardinal interpretation and go. It's simply because. They are not relying on the Holy Spirit to teach them. Even now when I am preaching, I am only speaking. For the teaching part is done by the Spirit of God in you. That is why the preacher does not have to worry so much what will happen. Lord, people are not changing. God says, you leave it to me. It's not your job. You have never changed anybody. You have never saved anybody. You have never healed anybody. You have never delivered anybody. Everything is the work of my Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit is there, the simplest illiterate person also can be taught. The wisest person also can be taught. So, both Peter and Paul will write epistles. One unlearned fisherman, the other probably the greatest scholar mind of his time. Okay. Please understand, the Holy Spirit in us is the teacher. So, it's, this is the most difficult part for believers that we get so used to to our training from our academics that we try to study the Word of God on our own. Mistakes we make regularly. When you sit with the Word, and even if you are listening to somebody else teaching also, please remember you have to allow the Spirit of God within you to interpret it and teach. That's where the Bible says the Word of God is not for private interpretation. If it's not for private interpretation, whom should I listen to, the Pope? No, it's not that what it means should listen to the Spirit of God, then interpretation is the same. It is the same because He will teach you. And He doesn't have to teach you like uh, everybody doesn't have to be teachers of the doctrine. You have to know what is being said, how does it apply to you. That only the Holy Spirit can apply it. I don't know what each one is going through. Anywhere the Holy Spirit does. So please remember, the New Covenant is completely different from the Old Covenant. We are not doing what uh, in so many ways the law did and the world does, which is called social conditioning. Just have a society which outwardly conforms to a set of rules. But that's not what the law does. Sorry, what the spirit does. What the spirit does is he, God has a set of people who are inwardly conditioned to the kingdom of God. And outward is second. It's inward, completely. That's why he said, you will receive. The Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, they received the Holy Spirit. Then they came for the teaching. Then they came for the teaching. Repent, believe, be baptized, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They all got the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they all came for the teaching. So it didn't matter 3,000 people
1: who were there. They all received the same teaching. And they could understand what was being told.
0: Why? Because they have a teacher inside who was teaching them. And it was easy for the apostles to teach. I will get that to, that to another, another day, uh, like the difference between the baptism of John and the big difference between the baptism of Jesus Christ, meaning when this, in the baptism of John, all you were getting baptized and you only had kind of forgiveness for your sins. But scripture says, if you go to that con- connecting with Noah and the ark in Peter. Yeah, Peter. no, mm-hmm. Yeah, please read that. Great, I just need to check one more. In whom he went, yeah, yeah. come further down, Tony, and he, the ark was being prepared, and it talks about baptism there. There is also an antitype which now saves us, baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. You know, through the resurrection of Jesus. You know what baptism means in the new old new covenant? What it does, what the old covenant baptism could never do, is to clean your conscience of the dead works of the law. That's what it does. That never happened in the old covenant. Your conscience was never clear. You know you are forgiven, but you are always guilty. You're always guilty. You know you are forgiven. Forgiven, yes Lord. Thank you for it. But you always remembered your crime. You always knew what you had done. Because you were only forgiven. The guilt was never removed. In the new covenant is that you have a clear conscience with God because that guilt of the dead works is removed from your conscience. And the Bible makes it very, very clear, the difference. And you know, that's why Peter is able to stand on the day of Pentecost and actually say, that Jesus whom you crucified. He does not talk anything about his betrayal. Nothing about he betrayed. He was part of it, that he ran away. He didn't try to stand with Jesus. Nothing. None of them have that guilt on their conscience. been taken away completely. Been taken away completely and you need to understand the new covenant is completely, when it said it's a new beginning, it's an absolutely, totally new beginning inside out. There's nothing of the old. This is what the Holy Spirit does. So they were baptized like that and they received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who's doing the work and they received the Holy Spirit and they're able to receive the teaching. This is what Jesus said in John chapter 16. Let's read from verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if you do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. He says, I mean, it's very difficult for them to understand. But now we understand. Okay, but sometimes people struggle with it. When they are very, very emotional, they struggle with this. But he's telling the truth. He said, I have come in the flesh. I can teach you from outside. I cannot get inside you and change you from outside, inside. I can't do that. Because I have come in the flesh. But when I go, I will send my spirit. Okay? And that is what Paul is talking about. We do not want to know anybody in the flesh, including Jesus Christ. I want to know him in the spirit. I don't want to know him in the flesh. The helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And what will he do? When he has come, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. And of judgment. And of sin because they do not believe in me. And of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. We have heard all this so many times. But let's go through what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah, Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Meaning he is a... Person who is with you every day. I don't need to know all the truth about this world and eternity and all you know the truth I need to know is about myself. Honestly. It's like daily bread. Honestly, we don't need uh, if somebody guarantees us food every day, then we don't have to store. Right? Think about it. The government says very clearly. Right now, nobody has to worry about it. Your food will be delivered at your foot's doorstep every day. Then everybody's worry about food will go. This is what he is talking about. I, he will guide you. It's not a one-time thing. I don't need to know all the truth. What am I going to do with all this information anyway? But I need to know one truth. That is the truth about me, which I myself do not know how I relate to God. I need to know that. That's what is fundamental to life. He will guide you into that truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will not take off what is mine. He will take off what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has mine. Therefore, I said he will take off mine and declare it to you. A little while you will not see me, again a little while you will see me, because I go to the Father. This is what Jesus talks about, the Holy Spirit. And if you realize, that is why he didn't teach much. And much of the teaching which we have today is from the book of Acts onwards. The Gospel is just giving us the history of Jesus' three and a half years' life, and then some teachings are there, but technically, if you think about it, the Bible should have been full of the teachings of Jesus Christ, but it didn't. It's not there. What we have is the teachings of the Holy Spirit, the teachings of the Holy Spirit, because He said, "I, am come, I have come in the flesh. My, I have come to teach, but my primary work is to come, live, and die, and the teaching will follow after that. Because there's no point teaching any one of you anything now, because you will not understand. It's a waste of time." It's a waste of time, because there's no point anybody is going to. I have so much to tell you, but you're not going to understand. But I will tell you after I rise, the Holy Spirit is released, and when the Holy Spirit comes, you will understand. Okay? Because the Holy Spirit is not like the law. He monitors our heart. Not the outward conditioning, which the law did. See, under the law, you could be blameless under the law. Because the law's requirement was ultimately outwardly. Thou shalt not do these, these, these things. And the custodians of the law only looked at that. Do as we say. Sabbath, we have made these many rules. Stick to that, you are blameless under the law of Sabbath. Idolatry, if you don't have any of these things, you are blameless under the law of Okay, So
1: everything they had their law.
0: But the Holy Spirit is not looking at any of those things. He looks into this heart. So the church begins. And the church is persecuted. Church is doing very, very, very well. And then, God is glad. The devil is mad. And trouble begins. Let's go to Acts chapter (coughs) 5. Verses 1 onwards. 1 to 11 we'll read. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession. He kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, brought a certain part, laid it at the apostles' feet. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself while it remained? Was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Ananias, yes, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose, wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. And immediately she fell down at his feet, breathed her last. And the young man came in, found her dead, carrying her out, buried her by her husband. And verse 11, so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. You have a stunning 11 verses in the new, nascent, beautiful church. This entire event is described. All the details are not given, but it is real sad. It shows us the difference between living by the law and living by the spirit. And you will also see why people prefer living by the law. Because your heart is not revealed. And every action can be judged as wonderful. You know how easy it is to live under the law? Difficult it is to live under the spirit. So you have verse 1, which says, Ananias and Sapphira, right? It's interesting, Now It begins with a man called Ananias, which means God is gracious, and Sapphira, which means beautiful. So gracious and beautiful came to church and was judged by the spirit. Okay. So let me give you the background. Adam and Eve were living happily. One with one another. Walking with God. God was glad. Devil was mad. And he watched. And he hatched. A small plot. Okay. he Came into the garden. Went to Eve and told. You see if you eat this one fruit. You will be like God. See, it's a win-win situation. You won't die. Actually, it's it's really nice. You you walk with God every day, right? You want to be like God, right? Just eat it. You can walk even more closer with Him. Fast forward 4,000 years. Church is doing really, really good. Very simple people. The apostles are teaching. The Holy Spirit is moving, hearts are changing, and the effect is seen. Persecution is rising, but persecution leads only to more power in the church, more love, and oneness. Into this, the devil comes. But remember, this time the devil does not go to the woman first. He goes to the man first. It's not a woman who is mentioned there first. It's not Adam here. It's okay you have to look at the background acts after 4 verse 32 to 37 why is the devil so mad okay now the multitude of those who believed so if you know the previous portion is when the apostles were beaten up and all they had all gathered cried out to the lord give us more of the spirit more spirit more boldness they went out and preached the word even more bold everybody and then. Now the multitude of those who believed were one heart and one soul, and the devil hates it. If he finds a man who is one, he hates him. Because he loves double-hearted and double-minded people. If he finds a man or a woman, he is one heart, one soul. Then find a husband and wife who is one heart, one soul. It's very dangerous now. Because that one man itself is dangerous. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Why does it availeth much? Because he is one. So it took only one man called Elijah to block the entire heavens for three and a half years. Because he is single with God. Only one man is required by God. His heart and his mind is absolutely one with God. God said, that's it. You speak, I speak. It will be done. Imagine you get two two of you agree on anything on earth, it shall be done in heaven. Imagine you get a church. Okay, the devil is mad. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Why? Right? Everybody's got the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everybody gathers everybody for the teaching of the uh, apostles. And the teaching, they understand
1: they understand. hey, this is what it
0: means. This teaching is what? This is life. This is not knowledge or intellectual curiosity or this thing and all, no? This is life. And it became life. What does scripture say? Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. What
1: does it mean? The Bible says, they ate from house to house. Nobody had any issues.
0: Some days they lived in this house, one group, one apostle was teaching there. They all ate and they all slept there. In another place, another house they were gathered, they all ate there, they all slept there. They re- and they all went to work also. But they came back in the evening, they realized, you know, we are one family.
1: Right?
0: I mean, it it happens in the physical. No, If I were to go to my sister's or my brother's house, I don't give them, can I pay for the rent? Can I pay for the food?
1: No, not even.
0: Unless, of course, if your sister is not as well off as you, you are not even thinking about her and you will say, you know what, take this. Because it happens in the flesh and blood. You now, God is doing something which doesn't even happen in most flesh and blood. He has made them one. Because if you can have things in common, then you have overcome the world. Because do not love the world or the things in the world. Battle is all our things, right? And verse 33. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. No was there anyone among them who lacked, meaning a lot of poor people, but none of them lacked. Why? For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them. See, this is how the news spread like wildfire in Jerusalem because there is a lot of real estate activity going on. What is selling?
1: And they realized one set of people are all selling. They are not buying, they are all selling. What is happening in Jerusalem? All these Jews who became Christians and who were rich Jews are all selling. If they have two houses, they sell one. If they have property, they sell one. What are they doing? Why are these people all selling? Why are you selling? What happened? Why are you selling? I know you. You were not willing to sell. How many times you came? No, he says when the price is right, I will sell. I'm planning. You have changed. What is happening? What are you planning? No, no, I need the money. For what?
0: No, you know there are a lot of people who have joined our community and they are poor.
1: You mean you are selling to give it away? Yes.
0: That is how it spread. These people are crazy. And they call these people the people of the way. What is this way? This is a new way. What did these people? These people don't buy. They sell. They sell. And brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. And laid them at the apostles' feet. And what did the apostles do? Distributed to each as anyone had need. This is transformation. This is insight. This is life. And this can only come when you are absolutely confident that what Jesus, everything he said is true. That if you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you don't have to worry about provision. It will be taken care of. I will take care of. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. You just have to trust me, believe me and be led by my spirit. Whatever my spirit says, you do it. It will be taken care of. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. This guy had come from Cyprus. Okay. And then, having land, sold it, brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, we don't know where he had the land. Whether was it in Cyprus? Or whether he had ancestral property in Jerusalem. We don't know where. If it was Cyprus, then it was like crazy. This guy goes to Cyprus, sells all his land over there, and comes back with the money to Jerusalem and gives it away. Think if it was that. So, this touch of the Holy Spirit was not restricted to Jerusalem. It was touched everybody who was from anybody who got saved, who were there in Jerusalem. Are we getting the picture? Into this scene enters the devil. Please remember James chapter 1 verse 14. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. Meaning I cannot be tempted by Pastor Vijay's desires.
1: It's impossible. How can I be tempted by his desires?
0: I cannot be tempted by Dr. Richard. I am tempted by my desires. Each one is tempted by his own desires. Have you noticed the ads that pop up on your browser?
1: And you wonder, where did these ads come from? Then you realize Google is the devil. He knows your desires because you have searched certain things. I always wonder where this has come from because all these ladies' apparel keeps on coming
0: up because I search for dresses for my wife.
1: I had no clue why is
0: this thing popping up. Then I realized, oh, that day I was thinking about, that looked, that this would look. Then I searched the whole thing which would look good on her, which will look good on her. And these things came popping up.
1: Okay? So the
0: Google is the devil's search engine.
1: He knows your desires.
0: He will tempt you according to your
1: desires. Okay?
0: That's why if you only see the background, you will see what is happening in the heart. Okay, so there is church living in such beautiful, loving atmosphere. And then one man is mentioned. His name is Joseph. The apostles named him Barnabas. And it is mentioned he sold and put it at the apostles' feet. And two people were there. And they had this desire to look outwardly like Barnabas and to be appreciated by Barnabas. We don't know what happened. Maybe Peter on whoever they must have said, you know what? Our brother Joseph has come from Cyprus. He sold it all. You know? Really to be commendable. No, this brother has come. You know, we need to, his, he has encouraged all of us. You know what? Joseph, we would love. The Spirit of God is telling you need to be named Barnabas. And these two people heard it. These two people heard it. You cannot be enticed other than by your own desires. Okay, That's why scripture says the background just before the there are no chapter divisions, Okay, chapter divisions later, the church was giving left and right, those who had always giving the church and then one person is mentioned by name, Joseph, whom the apostles named Barnabas. One man is singled out. And now look at but, that's where the but is there, but, a certain man named Ananias, another man outwardly does the same act. Barnabas sold a piece of land, brought the money, put it on the apostles' feet. Ananas and, and Safira also sold a plot of land, brought the money, put it out on the at the apostle's feet. Outwardly it looks identical. Under the law, the high priest would have been very happy with both parties. Because he only can see the out. But the problem is this is a church. It's not run by the law, it's run by the Spirit. Run by the Spirit. Do you remember what happened in the beginning of human history when two people tried to bring an offering to God? It was the Spirit who judged them. Because he didn't look at what was in their hand, he looked at what was in their heart. And the Spirit has come back. And it's not looking what is put at the feet, it's looking at what is in the heart. first judgment, remember, when man came out of the garden, was on an offering. The first judgment under the law was on an offering. And the first judgment under grace also was on an offering. Something interesting here, okay? The beginning of mankind, the beginning of the law, the beginning of grace, the judgment was not on taking. Judgment was on giving. God says, when you give, give. Don't pretend. Don't pretend. Because I am a God who searches the heart of man. This is the danger of hypocrisy. Because that is the nature of the devil. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 14 and 15. The nature of the devil. No wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Let me tell you, how many people will actually worship this devil if the devil comes like what he really looks like in the spiritual realm? A lot of people do. Many of these pagan nations, they look like, they, their gods look like the devil and they still worship it. But that's out of fear. It's fear. Nobody loves those things. They are afraid, scared, because religion is based on curses. But if the devil were to transform himself, as he, not transform, come as he really is, will anybody worship him? No. So what is the devil actually, every time he comes? He's a hypocrite. He transforms himself as an angel of light. And there is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves as ministers of righteousness. Meaning, they promise you salvation, but actually they are taking it away from you. Whose end will be according to their works. So the devil is a hypocrite. He pretends to be one thing, which he really is not. So hypocrisy has crept into the first church. Two people come in there, pretending to be something, which they are not and the problem is the problem of hypocrisy is hypocrisy is a direct attack on god because god is truth more dangerous than lie is hypocrisy absolute straightforward lie nobody will believe if i were to say it's morning now nobody will believe <laughs> Nobody will believe. No. Pretending something else. That, you know, we know, we have heard what, where the word, Greek word, hypocrite, all that comes from, right? Those are actors wearing masks. They were acting. Under the law, hundreds and thousands of Ananias and safiras have come and gone by. Given nicely. Appreciated and gone by. Nobody noticed them under the law. But under grace, the Holy Spirit checks everyone at the door. How is your heart today? That is what John was talking about. They were not of us. That's why they left. Why? Because I checked them at their heart and said, leave this congregation. You don't belong here. You don't belong here. This is not an assembly of pure people. This is an assembly of true people. Remember the conversation Jesus had with the Samaritan woman? John chapter 4, 23-24. The hour is coming and now is. When true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Our is. But how can it be, Lord? He says, I am there. I am the model. I am a true worshipper. There will be nothing hypocritical about me. Jesus is saying. Right now on planet Earth, God has found one true worshipper who will worship him 24-7 till the end of his life in spirit and truth. And after that, another generation will rise. For Father is seeking such who worship Him. God is Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in. And the Spirit was at the door. Gracious and beautiful came with a big offering. But remember, all the conversation was at home, not at church. Church, they came separately. They didn't come together. All the conversation took place at home. And the Holy Spirit heard. If only we believed that plaque we all used to keep in our houses. Jesus Christ is the head of this. The silent listener of every conversation. We don't realize how true it is. Ananas and Sapphira planned it out. Talked it out at house. And the Holy Spirit was listening. Peter wasn't there. It's the Holy Spirit who listened at home. Who revealed it at church. Peter only knows by revelation, and he knows it is true because he knows that the spirit is saying the spirit never lies. He's a Holy Spirit. That's why God said to your faith, add watch. Add watch. Don't try to be like somebody else. Devil came and cost Adam and Eve covet to be like God. The devil came and tempted Ananas and Sapphira to covet them to be like Barnabas. Did you see? Apostles like him. I think they are planning to include him in the leadership. We have that plot, no? Why don't you sell it?
1: We don't need it anyway. Of course then we don't have to give it all. Nobody will know.
0: Do you know that one can give out of sheer generosity? One can give a bigger amount out of covetousness? Out of covetousness? Give out of covetousness, remember. Because we think coveting
1: is to ask. (laughs) But God says, no, you can covet to receive.
0: Can give to receive. Maybe what Ananas and Safira brought was much bigger than what uh, Barnabas brought. We don't know.
1: Could be much bigger.
0: That's why I said, how do we know? Because Act 5 1 says, but that's why the new covenant is different. It works from inside out. That's why we always say when
1: people come to the church, leave them alone. <laughs> leave them alone.
0: One of the two things will happen. Either they will change from inside out or they will leave. When new people come, we don't come and tell them, cut your hair. It's not nice for a man to have long hair. Why are you wearing bangles? We
1: don't say any of those things. But have you seen people have
0: automatically changed, Inc- Including our long-haired young man who is a pastor now? 3,000 rupees, 5,000 rupees every month he spent on maintaining his hair. Forget the rest.
1: Nothing. We didn't tell them anything. We kept on
0: teaching. And even when the Holy Spirit pricked that man's conscience, we had no clue at all. We were talking about Absalom. The Spirit was saying, it is you. (laughs) Had no clue.
1: He runs for his life. And gets a nice haircut.
0: And today he's a pastor. You know? One of the two things God will do. One of the two things God will do. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. It's not a job of the pastor. The job of the pastor is to keep preaching. From the word. Week after week, day after day. God will do one thing or other. Either he will change them inside out. So ultimately it will be shown outside too. Or he will take them out. You will take them out. So we just have to say that our consciences are clear with God. Okay, Please remember, this is how the kingdom of God works. Two things are mentioned there. Turn to verse 4. While it remained, Peter is saying,
1: was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Meaning, there's something that happened over
0: there. He probably came and uh, told Peter. uh, Peter, I don't know what they called them those days. Rabbi or Peter or whatever they called him, sir. I had a plot. I have sold it and have brought the whole money and brought it
1: and that's when the spirit said
0: no he hasn't brought the whole money he's kept a big chunk back at home
1: he was not he was not judged for giving he was judged for lying and this is not a lie because even out of fear this is lying to look good Lying out of fear is one thing. This is lying to look good. Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Was it not yours?
0: No compulsion in this church. Before it sold, it was yours. After it was sold, also. it's yours. Did I from the pulpit say all those who have rich need to sell their property? Did any one of us say this? In our church in 12 years, have you ever said it? And people get mad over it. We actually tell them, don't bring your money. Then they will say, he is using reverse psychology. (laughs) Because every fight in churches are over money. So from the first Sunday, like Pastor Vijay was saying, 31st is Pentecost Sunday, which is true. And 1st of June is when this church begins. Exactly on 31st, the final Sunday of this month, we will complete 12 years. But from the first Sunday onwards, 1st Sunday, 2nd Sunday, 3rd Sunday, we didn't take an offering at all. When a new church starts, what you need is an offering. right?
1: Peter and Paul and nobody, Peter John, nobody is preaching offering there. Actually, their first statement is gold and silver, we do not have. Imagine if they should have been preaching there. the, the, The spirit of the Lord is telling me, Peter, you have 12 acres of land. The Lord is telling me you should keep only one, 11 belongs to the church. Nobody is saying anything like that in their church. They are not saying, Peter, if you sell 12, you will get 24. (laughs) Nobody is saying anything like that. The Spirit of God is moving. And in the midst of somebody, Peter say, wasn't it yours? Did we ever compel anybody to give anything? Did we ever ask for anything? From the pulpit, Peter is saying,
0: after you sold also, if you didn't want to give, you
1: could have kept it. Did we say anything? Why did you conceive this thing in your
0: heart? You see, the apostolic church was interested in the heart of man first. They knew what the new covenant is, because salvation begins in the heart. With the heart man believes unto salvation, and you have messed your heart up. Your action is great. The Holy Spirit is upset, because that's where he sits. And he's upset. Understand how the church is working, beginning how it and how what God wants. He hasn't changed. Leviticus chapter eleven, verses thirty to thirty-three. That is how you read the law. Why is all this law still given to us? It is not for the sake of the law. Apokoti, when you read this, don't worry. Okay, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the sand reptile, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. If you say, "Why do we have to read all these things?" These are unclean to you among all that creep. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean till e- until evening. Anything on which any of them falls when they are dead shall be unclean. Whether it is any item of wood or clothing or skin or sack. Whatever item it is in which any work is done, it must be put in water. It shall be unclean until evening. Then it shall be clean. What 33? Any earthen vessel into which any of them falls, you shall break. Whatever is in it shall be unclean. Bartan mein, mattika God says break it and throw it. Because the earthen vessel has become unclean. You know what the law is? The law is saying all it takes to mess up your inside is a little lie, a little hypocrisy to commit. It becomes unclean. That's the law. The letter of the law is not that. The spirit of the law is talking to us. your earthen vessels. Don't let anything unclean fall into you anything unclean. Guard your heart because out of the heart proceeds everything. Don't worry about the rest of the things. When they say your master doesn't wash Jesus said what goes inside the mouth you don't have to worry about. it. What comes out of the heart so guard your heart with all diligence. That's what is happening there. Ecclesiastic 10 and verse 11. The letter and the spirit a serpent may bite when it is not... 10, one, ten one, sorry, not 11-1. Dead flies beautify the perfumer's ointment. This apothecary is there. These are the ones who are making the perfumes. And he's made this perfume. It will be sold for a big amount. One fly, fellow. One fly. Now, instead of bringing that aroma. It stings. God says, do you realize how sensitive my Holy Spirit is? He can smell a stink in your and my heart from a mile away.
1: From a mile away. know." So God says, get rid of these things. It can kill you. It can kill you. I
0: believe the Holy Spirit checked this couple in their houses, but they convinced themselves because they say they. Peter is very clearly saying, "Before you lie to us, you lie to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is still pricking your inside, checking you inside, and still you didn't listen to him. That's why we have to be careful. We can do outwardly things that look right, but be motivated." By something that is actually of the devil. Right? He falls dead. Gone. The woman is given a chance. Beautiful comes in three hours later. What's her name? Safira. Beautiful. Imagine what her dreams, her parents had. When they had this baby girl and said, boy, she's a pretty little thing. What do you need? We need to call her. Let's call her beautiful. Safira. They had no clue beautiful would one day fall dead in God's house. Cause she had only beauty outside. And God found there was something inside which was not beautiful. Gracious has been judged. Now beautiful is coming in. Verses 7 to 9. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in. Not knowing what had happened, Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much?
1: Bible says Peter did it say questioned her. So Peter says answered her. So what was the question? Peter, Peter, uh, Rabbi, did my husband bring that money and give it? So he answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much? She said, yes, for so much. How much did he sell it for? Peter said to her, how is that
0: you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door. They will carry you out. Now, he is not saying this. This is the Spirit of God saying through him. Otherwise, he won't say these things. Remember, when the Spirit of God tells you to tell the most difficult things also, you just say it. (laughs) You can't, you have no control over it. You are not the boss. What does he say? You two agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord. And verse 3. Yeah. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Right? So they came, husband and wife came in one accord to lie to the Holy Spirit and to test the Holy Spirit in the church. This is a church. Everybody is full of the Holy Spirit. Everybody is listening to the teaching. Everybody is walking together as one body by the Spirit. And they come there. Rambhati, it's the Holy Spirit. You are looking at the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of God. So when people say, Holy Spirit, come Lord, fill our church, be very careful. Be very careful what happens. It was Ray's statement who actually said, the moment we start pretending pretending to be what we are not, death enters. That's why we say we are saved by grace, through faith, but add to faith. You? Keep adding, keep adding, keep adding, keep adding, right? Until you abound in it. So that the Bible says Peter, the same Peter who passed judgment over Ananas and Sapphira said, if you keep on adding, you will not even stumble. But sadly, Ananas and Sapphira added hypocrisy, deception, and lie and lies to their faith. So what they added was not virtue, it was vice. V.I.C. So the Word of God and the Spirit of God tells us each day, constantly we battle. This is our battle, hypocrisy. And everybody battles with that. Every child of God battles with it because you have the old man and the new man. So there is these two people inside That is why scripture says, put to death that old man, otherwise you will be a hypocrite. See, old man. That's why Saul, when he asks, what do you want me to do? Till we told you, go. Till we told you, wait. I don't want you to do anything. I want you to be something first. Before you do. And twice, two things are mentioned. One is the Holy Spirit, and another thing is mentioned twice in this passage. Verse 5 and verse 7. Verse 5 and verse 11. Ananias heard these words, fell down, and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Verse 11. So, great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things.
1: Great fear came upon the church.
0: Great fear came upon the Jews and the Gentiles too. So, they were very, very careful before they joined this group. That's what uh, verse 12 says and 13 says. If you look the hands of the apostles many signs wonders were done people they were all in one accord yet none of the rest dared join them you will come out only one way or other out of this church either dead or alive pretenders be careful apostolic church you go out either you will be alive or you will come out dead there is no third category in that church. Yet, verse 14 says, Believers were increasingly added to the Lord. It is not that people did not join. There was a whole lot of people. God was very good. God said, okay, you don't worry. You just preach the word. I'll keep the hypocrites out. And I'll set the original people in. Don't worry. I'll keep them out. And I'll get people in. You don't worry. You don't change my word, Peter. Or any of you, Levin. Don't change my word. Keep preaching my word. Don't worry about money. Provision. That's the first thing, right? Don't worry about provision. Don't worry about reputation. Don't worry about numbers. Don't build your church on these three things. Provision, I will provide. Numbers, I will have. Reputation, you don't need. You need a reputation before me. You don't need a reputation among the people.
1: That is how the early church was built.
0: So great fear came upon. Great fear. Right? Leviticus 10, 1 and 2. Nabah, Nadab, and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put the uh, incense on it, offered profane fire before the Lord, which He had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. So new tabernacle ministry began with great fear. Boom, gone. New conquest of the promised land under the new generation began with great fear. Akan and his whole household was destroyed. The bringing of the Ark to Jerusalem began with great fear because Uzzah was destroyed on the spot. Because this has to be balanced. This love of God and the fear of God has to be balanced. And the problem is that, you know why churches are struggling? Honestly. Struggle of every church in the world is the absence of the Holy Spirit or the withdrawing. of. See, we don't have to worry about the Holy Spirit being withdrawn from the world. The Holy Spirit is not being withdrawn from the world. The Holy Spirit is being withdrawn from the church. That is when iniquity increases in the world. Lot was pulled out of Sodom and Gomorrah and then it was destroyed. The Holy Spirit is pulled out because the Holy Spirit is not living in the hearts and minds of the Gentiles. He's living in the lives of his children. And when the Holy Spirit is being pulled out, from where is he being pulled out? He's being pulled out of the church. And why is the Holy Spirit being pulled out? Because there is no fear of God. God is merciful. Very merciful. He says, I'm giving you time to repent because if you want me to feel, you know, people will die like this. I don't want to kill you. I came to save you. I came to save you. Jeremiah 32 and verse 40. If I'm right, 32 40. I'll make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from doing them good. But... I will put my heart in their my fear in their hearts so that they will not depart from me.
1: Did you look at that? I'll make an everlasting covenant. At
0: exactly, least all the new covenant promises in the old covenant. I will not turn away from them then, them, from doing good to them. But there's one thing I'll put my fear in their hearts so they do not depart. How do we depart from God? By sinning. That's how we depart from God. By sinning. We don't depart from God by serving. We depart from God by sinning. Exodus 20, 20. Isn't that what God said?
1: Moses said to the people, Do not fear,
0: for God has come to test you, that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. That's the only way we will not sin against God. Because of the love, he'll obey his commandments, will serve him, will do everything. That is not what the Bible is talking about. There is something called the fear of God. And it is not this fear. Do not fear. That is a carnal, fleshly fear. No, that's not what the Bible is talking about. This is a different thing. This is something supernatural that comes from the Holy Spirit. And that's what we looked last Sunday in the Hindi sermon. And somebody is preaching that right now in Assam, in Assamism. Isaiah chapter 11, 1, to 3. About Jesus. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. This is talking about Jesus. Now look at this. We know we have looked at it over, but doesn't matter how many times we look. We have to look at it a million times until it becomes life. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. This is the sevenfold Holy Spirit that rested upon Jesus Christ. And the last thing mentioned in that list is the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. But verse 3 says, His delight is in the fear of the Lord. His delight was in the fear of the Lord. Why? Because he knew that is one thing that will keep him with his father, will never separate him from his father. And he says, "My father has never left me." The reason is the fear of God and the love of God was absolutely balanced in his life. You go to Hebrews chapter ten, uh, sorry, five and verse seven. Who in the days of his life, of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death, he was heard because of his godly fear. Because of his godly fear. Meaning that spirit was all over him when he was praying. All over him. He prayed in that spirit. Proverbs 9.10 Let's look at Pastor Vijay's favorite portions. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. He says if you do not have this, you do not even have the wisdom of God. You cannot have it because God will not give it to you because it will destroy you. won't even give it to you. First thing you need to have the wisdom of God. Not the worldly wisdom. That You can always, academically, you can excel from talking about it. That's why we will always wonder, how come this incredibly qualified with two PhDs, three PhDs and postdoctoral everything, how are they so blind that they go and worship idols? How come they have no clue at all with their intelligence as to what God is really like? And a poor, simple man is touched by God, and he worships God in the spirit. How is this possible? It's simply because one thing: but there's no fear of God. There's no fear of God. The fear of God is the key that opens up. Ten, twenty-seven. The fear of God prolongs days. But the years of the wicked will be shortened. And literally, Nadab and Abihu, who'd have been, one of them should have been the next high priest, which goes to Eliezer. Boom, gone. An and, and Sapphira, if they had done the same thing with the right motive, they would have been one of the elders of the church. They would have, God is not a discriminator, he's not a respecter of persons at all. He looks at the heart. He's not looking at how much you're bringing, he's looking at the heart. Jesus commended that poor widow who put her might. No? Their days were shortened. 14.27 so that we understand the fear of God is not something that is bad on the other hand the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn away from the snares of death right fear of
1: the Lord when this thing he, if one of them had it
0: they could have stopped the other wow, we cannot do that imagine Joseph saying to Potiphar's wife she had no fear of God but he had.
1: He said, how can I do it again? Yeah, what you say is true. Nobody will see. But that's not the point. <sighs> my God. My God. His eyes are upon me. I <sighs> can I do this to him? All. You, Safira had or Ananas had. One of them had it.
0: Should have stopped. The
1: Fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. It turns one away from the snares of
0: death. 1923. The fear of the Lord leads to life. He who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Okay? So that people don't misunderstand this fear and terror and all those things are different things. We are not talking about the carnal fleshly fear. We no, are talking about something that is very spiritual, which the Holy Spirit brings to your spirit and one has to ask for it. Lord, please, Lord, fill me with the fear of God, that I do not sin against you. Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. How it goes side by side. The churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria had peace and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Remember, both are from the same spirit. The fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit and they were multiplied. For a season God gave them a time of peace and they were all being built up before persecution comes. What does God give the church? A time of peace and they are edified. But which churches, which walk in the, or which people who walk in the fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, then He allows them to be tested and He knows they will not fail. They will not fall. Because they have it. They have allowed the Holy Spirit to work it through them. Philippians 2.12 Therefore, my beloved, as you always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What fear is he talking about? It's the fear of the Lord. 1 Peter one seventeen, And then final Hebrews 11.7 If you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay on planet Earth, after being saved, before called home, here in fear. That's how you conduct yourself. Fear of God, not fear of man. Fear of man is a trap. The Bible says it is a snare. Hebrews 11 and verse 7 to pastors. By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. How do we build? Father's homes, pastor's churches, how do we build? With godly fear. Lord, whatever I am building, Lord, it should stand the test of your Holy Spirit. That we are so sensitive to the Spirit's voice that every crack only he sees. You may be comfortable with, ah, I put pitch nicely. It looks, God says, no, look closely. Noah, did you see that? Did you see that crack? When the, you have no idea what the flood that is coming. Just cover it up nicely, put one more coat over there. But isn't that enough? No, one more coat, seal it nicely because not even a drop should get in because one drop gets in the crack and you are gone. Inside and outside. Lord, haven't I forgiven enough? Nope. What I said many times, yeah, outwardly. Inwardly, there is no pitch. I told you inside and outside. Inside and outside. Do it. Only the Holy Spirit knows. The fear of the Holy Spirit, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, He build with godly fear.
1: And that was the church it was. That was the kind of church it
0: was. And they brought it. Now what has happened? Fear of God has only increased, because for the first time this church saw judgment. They never experienced judgment, because they always walked in the fear of the Lord inside. Now they were afraid in the outside also, okay, this is the way God is. And these first converts are all Jews anyway. And they all know what God Yahweh has done in the past, with both Israel and the Gentiles, who crossed his path. So now they were filled with fear. But they were walking like that when these two people tried to mess it up. Because they did not add to their faith what? Go back to chapter 5, verse 6. Young men arose, wrapped him up, carried him out and buried him. Think for a minute. Young men have to arise. Young men have to arise. Who will... Wrap up the works of evil and bury it. And we'll listen what is being told. Peter and the apostles said, take that body, wrap it up, take it there and bury it. But uh, shouldn't we inform the next of kin? Should we go tell? Just do what I told you. Go bury the body. <laughs> Why? For the Spirit of God is telling me, that's what you do. But we haven't informed anybody because three hours later when Safira comes, she doesn't even know uh, the husband is dead while he has already been buried. Young men rose. Young men rose. Rombafa, children, young men? Young men rose. Wrapped him up, carried him out and buried him. You see how that church was built? The church was built by fathers and young men.
1: No questions asked. No Christians
0: asked. We are not talking about today in a way. We are talking about a spiritual lesson over there. Today, of course, government, medical certificate, burial ground, all that. We are not even talking about that. But Muslims do this. They do this. Somebody leaves a dilemma or something because of Christian. They kill him and bury him. Nobody even knows about it. It is completely kept inside. Nobody even knows. Some person has gone missing from the family. No report, nothing. They just bury him. That's it. No report to nobody. Nothing is reported. Okay, that's a loyalty under the law it's a loyalty of the spirit young men arose wrapped him up carried him out and buried him verse 7 about 3 hours later when his wife came in not knowing what had happened what does it mean nobody intervened nobody interfered nobody intervened Nobody interfered with the decision of the leadership. And this is a death case. It's not an ordinary case. It's none of our business to judge what they decide. Can you imagine in one of today's churches some even not even this serious?
1: Nobody interfered.
0: Nobody knew. Meaning, nobody tried to inform Safira what is happening. Nothing. Three hours later, when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, because this is the judgment of the Holy Spirit, and this is a church that is absolutely full of the Holy Spirit. You no, know, what happens is people do not understand what the new covenant is. People do not understand what kind of a church the Holy Spirit is building. The Holy Spirit is building a church which is one unified body in Christ Jesus. Like when I move, my entire body is moving. Entire body. He is building that. You see, you read the Gospels accounts, the book of Acts, the Gospel account, or even the first two chapters of the book of Revelation, chapter 2 especially of Revelation. Hyderabad may have around 3,000 to 3,500, 4,000, 5,000 churches. But as far as God is concerned, he calls it the Church of Hyderabad. Meaning a set of people in Hyderabad who are completely controlled by his spirit. He says, that's my church. They may not even know each other, but I know them. That's the church. So, Church of Hyderabad. One church. That's all there is. There's no two churches here. One church. Hyderabad doesn't have two churches, only one. Who knows them? The Spirit of God knows them. He says, they are absolutely filled with my spirit, fear of God, and the love of my God. And others who are growing in that he says, that's my church. They may gather in 3,000 different places, that doesn't matter. Some of them, he said, some of the churches, he said, nobody is there. Nobody is there. The spirit has left many churches long time ago. They won't listen to anything of my spirit at all. But services are going on. It is like <laughs> Solomon's time. Right? What is there at Shiloh? Gibeah, what, you know, what, what do you have at Gibeah?
1: Oh, the this thing on sacrifices are all going on. But no ark is there. No ark
0: over there.
1: Ark is in Jerusalem under a tent, which David has built. In the ark, there is no altar, nothing over there. It's only worship going on. So you have this. Divide, division in
0: Israel. You have one place which is called to be where the tabernacle is. But in the tabernacle, the main thing that matters, the ark is not there. That is from where God speaks anyway. And you have another place where only the ark is there, nothing else is there. And David and the priests, what is happening here, only worship is going on. Worship, word, worship, word, nothing else is happening over here. And that is where he wrote, made how many groups of priests to do the worship. Peter? Peter? How many? 24, right? No, 24, if I am right, it is 24. Yeah, yeah, every, every, yeah, okay, 24, right? Check it out, it is 24. Check it out, we will take a drinks break. All those who are watching live, I have given my children here. Everybody online is also searching. 24, 24, right? Okay, can you put it up? 27
1: one,
0: no, 24 24 groups, right? And each month it was 24,000. Yeah, 24. 80, 24 uh, 80 80. Okay. 23rd and 24th to You know why, why I brought this? I mean, we will say what difference does it make, right? 24 or 22 or 23. It makes a difference because the only place where 24 is written in the Old Covenant is here. The other place you see is in the book of Revelation, 24 elders. Those are the people in charge of worship in heaven. You will always ask who these 24 elders are. Are they humans or angelic beings? They are not angelic beings. They are humans. And they are not 12 apostles and 12 patriarchs either. These are all different, different groups. So Peter, if you worship, you could become one of that 12. One day, we don't know one of the 24. Okay, so everybody, God will reward them according to their work. Don't worry. Okay. Judgment of the Holy Spirit. You see that happening. That is what the Bible is talking about. The whole lesson behind this is, John 1.17, we know it very well. Law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Be honest with God. We have to learn to talk out our struggles with God. You never have to pretend with God. You never have to say that your entire life is devoted to God when it is not. See, these are the lessons we learn from this thing. No, you're not. You just tell, you just tell God every day you strong. I want to give you one my hundred percent, but Lord it is not. When you do that, you are not a pretender. You are real. You are real. Right, Even Jesus every morning is being real, going to his father and crying out and saying, Lord, this is the nature of my flesh. I need you. I need you. No, I need you. Without you, I will not survive. That's what the Bible is talking about. Adding faith. To adding to faith, virtue. We have to keep on. There are so many virtues. And one of the first virtues we need to add to God is being real with God, be honest with God, you no, know, and ask God, Lord, give me this fear of You that I do not sin against You, you know? and you can be absolutely, absolutely honest with God. It's a very liberating thing to actually talk to God and honest. You know? As we close, you no, know, if you go to Genesis two fifteen. got it the Lord God took man uh oh sorry two 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 not two fifteen <laughs> the last verse of chapter two twenty five two twenty they were both naked man and his wife and were not ashamed we only read that portion this is before the fall right they were both naked and man and his wife were not ashamed. But do you know that they, every day they walked with God and they were not ashamed before God either? They were not ashamed
1: before God either. Because they had nothing hidden from God. See, when they man walked with God before the fall, he was not a hypocrite. He was not pretending anything.
0: He walked naked before God. It's when they fell, when they heard the sound of God. Feet to walk in there ran and hid themselves. The first act of man when God comes is to be a hypocrite hiding his true face. And God had to search him out.
1: They were not ashamed.
0: They were not ashamed. Okay.
1: And that's the first thing God looks for. That God looks for. And every day
0: when we start our day, God says, Can
1: you add this virtue? Keep adding this virtue. Can you come and be real?
0: Anyway, I know everything about you, but I want to hear from your own mouth. Otherwise you'll go out and pretend something that you are not. So you tell to me and I will guide you as you go out. No? One of the first words of Jesus speaking to somebody in the gospel according to John in chapter one and verse forty seven is very interesting. First commendation Jesus makes. Okay,
1: looks at that man. Okay.
0: He doesn't even know Jesus, but Jesus
1: knows him. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming towards him and said, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. First commendation God makes about a man. You know that guy? let not deceit him.
0: He's not a hypocrite. <laughs> and do you
1: know what he actually said? It was not complimentary at all about Jesus. No?
0: Then what good can come out of Nazareth? Jesus looked at him and said, you know, that guy has no guile in his heart. No guile in his heart at all. He's not a hypocrite. If he says something, he will say at your face. He will not say it behind your back. He's not a hypocrite. He speaks in front of your face. He doesn't speak behind your back. He doesn't say one thing behind your back and one thing behind before your face. The first thing Jesus comments somebody. In the gospel according to.
1: And then he calls him. And you know that's all he said. Before I saw you under the fig He says my Lord, my God.
0: It's greater things than this you will see in Nathaniel. But you know how it all begins. How easy it was for Nathaniel to accept Jesus. Because there was no deceit in his heart.
1: No deceit in his heart.
0: And what shows it is. What he thinks about Jesus, he doesn't know Jesus, thinks
1: about. It, he says it right in his face.
0: He doesn't flatter him. And Jesus said, you know what, you are a true man. You are a true man. If you have an issue, talk face to face. Don't talk behind the back one thing, and then say something else. And the, that's the first sin that is judged in the nascent, new, young, beautiful church. Two people came in and pretended they were giving everything when they had kept away apart.
1: And God said, Why did you have
0: to do it? Why do you have to do it? No. And God says, This evening, no, as we are now 31, 61, 62 days, how many days, it doesn't matter. So the whole idea is that I've locked you all up in and easing the restriction little by little so that you will be that, that one single person. And the only way is by going to God, it's not going to man. It's going to God and say, Lord, make me that person, Lord. I don't want to pretend. I'm tired of pretending, Lord. I'm tired. This is who I am. This is who I am. Make me whole. Make me whole. I don't want to pretend to be somebody else. Because that's one thing about Jesus. Jesus never pretended to be something that he was not. No, pretend. And these are the things we add to faith. And you know what happens to the Spirit of God. As truth increases. Grace increases because what he is making us, he's making us true. And grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God is able to fill us and fill us and fill us more and more and more. And remember, everything in the new covenant is the work of the Holy Spirit. Without the Spirit, when Jesus said, Without me, you can do nothing, he was talking about His Spirit. And He says, Don't you dare grieve my spirit. Because without the Spirit You can do nothing. And what happens in our lives and the lives of churches is they grieve the Holy Spirit. The Spirit quietly leaves. That's something, I don't know, which man of God said. When the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with a big sound. When he leaves, nobody even knows. You only see the effects of happening in people's lives when he has left. You don't see When the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, everybody knew.
1: He was prophesying. He's the son of Kish also among the prophets.
0: But when he left, nobody knew. And then they saw the demonic spirit working on him. That's when they knew the spirit has gone. And that's what people do not realize. When the Holy Spirit has left, people will realize,
1: how did this person become like this? Nasty, angry, gossiping, slanderous. How did they become like that?
0: You do not realize the Holy Spirit has just quietly left.
1: Wasn't the same person who was hallelujah, worshipping, prophesying everything and all. Wasn't the same person. How did he become like that?
0: The Holy Spirit left.
1: Just the withdrew.
0: These are things we have to understand from the Bible. Even whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament, the key person is the person, is the Holy Spirit. And we have the words. In the New Covenant, especially, is the covenant God makes with man. He said, I will send you my spirit. Not that I will give you a book. He gave us a book. The book is already there. Under the spirit, they will explain it better. But I will send you a spirit. Be very, very careful about how you deal with my spirit. Amen? Let us worship. and Let us pray. Father, we just thank you. We just praise you. We just worship you, Lord. Oh, Father. We all have grieved your spirit. We pray we have been quenched him We have tested your spirit. We have lied to your spirit. And it is only because of your mercy. None of us was ever consumed like Ananas and Safira, Lord. Knowingly, unknowingly, we have done all these things. But tonight, Lord, we come to you, Spirit of God, and we say, Lord, do not pass us by. David said, Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Fill us, Lord. Fill us everywhere where your children are hearing. Everywhere. By faith I speak, Lord. Be filled. Be filled. Be made whole. There's only one person who can make you whole. It's the Spirit of God. Repent. Confess. Put away and let the Spirit of God fill you to the brim, to the overflowing. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The ones who were there thought they were drunk, because the Spirit was in complete control. pray, Father, you fill us tonight, everywhere, from U.S. to Australia, wherever they are listening, the hungry ones, the thirsty ones. You said on the last day of the feast, all those who are thirsty, come and drink. I pray, Father, even now by faith, I pray there will be a supernatural flow of your Holy Spirit to all these young ones, new ones who have come, specially, Lord. They are hungry, they are thirsty, Lord, for you. In New York, I pray, Father, fill them. Fill them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. Fill them, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. In the Middle East, Lord, fill them, Father, with your Holy Spirit. In Australia, Father, fill them. In India, Father, fill them. Wherever, whichever part of the world they are listening from, Father, there is only one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. It is you, Lord Jesus, we pray, Father. Baptize us, Lord with your Holy Spirit, with your fire, that everything that is not of you in us will be cleansed out, burned out, O Lord. Oh, and fill us with your Spirit, Lord. It is written about you, Lord, that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and with power, that you went out doing good, that it should automatically flow from our lives, Lord, the goodness of God, when you are filled by your Spirit, Lord. Fill your people tonight. Fill your people tonight, Lord. Fill your people tonight. Let every work of the enemy be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Let every yoke they have carried over the years be broken now in the name of Jesus. Let them take by faith the yoke of Jesus Christ. It is light and your burden is not heavy, Lord. Let them be yoked to the Holy Spirit who will lead us. For your word says, whom the Spirit lead, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, are the sons, the daughters of the living God, our Father. Let your people experience an empowerment, O Lord. Even those who had and quenched, I pray, Father, today there would be a new infilling of your Holy Spirit, Lord. A new infilling of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Receive. A recommitment. A surrender again. A consecration again. One on one with God. Because only you can knit us together. And put us together, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Spirit of God. I just thank you. I just praise you. I just worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We're coming to the last 10 days of our 12th year, Lord. The final 10 days. Walk with us. Walk before us. Guide us. Teach us the last 10 days what we need to do, Lord. As a church, and all those who have joined even in the last 60 days, they are still part of the same body, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Empower us. Fill us. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen.